You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by Build Bar. You can go to buildbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off of your next order. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, and follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets. You can follow me on Twitter at Walker Mail, and of course, you can follow Nada on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. We're going to talk about our biggest takeaways from the first preseason game that the Charlotte Hornets played against the Toronto Raptors Saturday night. It's the first time we got to see them in any kind of organized action since they beat the Miami Heat, and the season ended as that game was still going on. Nine months later, we get a third overall pick in LaMelo Ball to look forward to and Gordon Hayward. And now we get to recap the first time they've ever played an organized game in a Hornet uniform. We'll also talk about some other stuff that we noticed all preseason first game and maybe even previewing what we want to see tonight. They're going to tip off against the Raptors at the Spectrum Center at 7 p.m. once again. Nada, we were all drunk. We were all extremely happy injecting all of the bad things and the good things into our veins because the NBA was starting and it was LaMelo Ball that was our drug of choice (laughs) right from the get-go. Extremely exciting to watch him play and a lot of good stuff to get to, a lot of, um, I don't know if there's a lot of bad stuff to get to. We'll we'll just kind of recap everything that LaMelo Ball did in this first segment. So the first thing that shows up, Nada, I mean, the passing is as good as advertised and even more so. Uh, He makes the most routine plays all that much more entertaining. And and it's just a, a damn rebound throwing to an outlet pass. It's grabbing the rebound, volleyball passing it before his feet hit the ground and, oh, okay, we're in a fast break. That was nice. I'm awesome. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's go. Like I'm ready. And you had no clue that that was the kind of pass that LaMelo Ball, you thought, okay, grab the rebound, hit the floor, then make the outlet pass like a normal human being. But no, LaMelo refuses to do that. And it's a fantastic play, um, even if it it looks even if it looks like it should have been routine. He turns the routine plays into something that are as entertaining as as it possibly could be. Uh, What are just your overall thoughts before we dive into some of the things from LaMelo? Like, think about this. The biggest the biggest compliment I can give, and granted, it's a preseason game, so I don't want anyone that's going to be legalistic about this to take this too far, but he made Bismack Biombo into a credible finisher. If you've seen Bismack Biombo's career, if you've seen his movies, to quote the Chappelle show, you know that Bismack Biombo isn't the greatest finisher. Think about this. Biz took a took a three-quarter court pass from LaMelo Ball, didn't fumble it, didn't do anything, and was completely smooth, turned, and finished. And then, uh, and we're going to talk about the, the first behind-the-back play because the first one was just ridiculous to Miles Bridges. We're going to talk about that. But the second one, where he gives it off to Biz behind the back in the second half, and Biz doesn't necessarily fumble. He goes up, double clutches and dunks. Like, 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 think about this, Walker. How nuts is that? So LaMelo's passing was exceptional. He had four assists in this game, 10 rebounds, too, by the yeah. way, very early on 
getting a ton of boards. I mean, he had five rebounds, I think, before he even was subbed out of the game um, in the first little bit of action that he got. And so, you know, the rebounds for 10, four assists, did have four turnovers, and don't love the even assist-to-turnover ratio, but certainly, again, for a preseason game, just kind of going off of the things that we noticed in the first minutes of action. 0 for 5 from the field, 0 for 3 from beyond the line. Would like to see him score. There was the bad floater that he had that actually led to the Miles Bridges poster dunk. That was number one of any really NBA play yes. that we saw mm-hmm. from a scoring perspective um, in the first uh, round of preseason games or whatever. But it, LaMelo was more exciting. You left that game feeling fantastic about LaMelo more than you did bad. You felt good, more good than bad about LaMelo. It's all the passing, man, so let's get to it. The, the behind-the-back pass to Miles Bridges in transition – where he flicks it behind his back, and it could not be walked over. He couldn't have froze time, walked to Miles Bridges, and placed it in his hand any better than when he did just flipping it behind his back, not looking to Miles Bridges. It was as in stride as it possibly could be, and Miles was able to finish. I mean, it's so beautiful, Nada. It's just, it's so clean, it's so pretty. And I could watch that a million times in a row and probably got pretty close to it with all of the clips that are out there on Twitter. The, the pass that you're talking about to Bismack Biombo behind his back wasn't nearly as clean, but it also was a fantastic play. He dribbles in the paint, gets a lot of attention, and he doesn't look to Biz. He throws it behind his back, has to do it in a little bit more traffic, not exactly – um, and not exactly the most controlled because there is so many people around him, but he gets it off to Bismack Biombo, and it's an easier bucket for someone that someone that is offensively challenged. An excellent play from the get go there from Lamelo. You mentioned the full court pass to Biz. I mean, the baseball passes are hilarious. I, I think that some of those are going to get turned over because. Yeah. Uh, I, I would like to have two hands on the ball every once in a while because he would even do some of these baseball passes in the half court set. I mean, he's just out there on the perimeter putting it in his hand one time or like just one hand and then throwing it. But that full court pass, a beautiful, uh, just absolutely beautiful looking ahead. And he's looking to go right away. LaMelo immediately quickens the pace if you will, speeds up the pace that James Borrego wants to do. He immediately does that just being on this roster as soon as they announce his name on draft night. And you saw that in play in this game against the Toronto Raptors. Um, I mean, what, what an exceptional display of passing, man. It was a lot of fun. Just the guy that has that kind of star power, you got to hit buckets. You don't want to see the four turnovers. Defense is going to have to get better. Yet still, we left extremely excited with the routine play being made that much more entertaining for Charlotte Hornets fans in a way that we haven't seen this kind of excitement in a long time. No, like, honestly, the thing that I don't, I honestly just, uh, for, for me, I didn't worry about how he couldn't score against the Raptors. The Raptors have had months and months of development time between, their sec- between the second stringers and the third stringers in the bubble. That kind of stuff matters. So I wasn't worried about him not really scoring. That's going to come. But the fact that he was effective on the boards, he was not great on defense, but he wasn't entirely horrible on defense. He So he wasn't at for the Charlotte Hornets. He was an average defender. Um, the fact that he managed to affect the game without scoring, that tells me that there's something special there. And it only takes maybe a shooting tweak. And even if his shot doesn't come this year, 
I still feel really, 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 really good. The only thing that you worry about was that maybe his conditioning wasn't there. That's it. Outside of that, LaMelo Ball had a pretty good preseason debut, and it's to the point where I, I know I said this on Twitter, I, and worrying about Malik Monk's minutes here, I cannot wait for Malik and LaMelo to play together because that may be fun. That may be fireworks. Yeah, um, I, I certainly want to see Malik Monk in this backcourt too, LaMelo Ball showcasing a lot of ability by his passing in this one. We'll get to some of the other takeaways coming up next in the Locked on Hornets podcast. What did we make of P.J. Washington seeing some, seeing some small ball five, also handling the ball more? Miles Bridges, what do we think of his play? Gordon Hayward, how good is he truly? That's all coming up next in the second segment of the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I love leftovers, by the way. Huge leftover guy. Oh man, dinner, dinner for lunch. I love that. Leftover dinner, swing it into a lunch, maybe even to a breakfast if you're feeling goosey. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Still to come this week on Locked on Hornets, we will recap tonight's preseason game. Also getting to a couple of other preseason games later on against the Orlando Magic. We'll continue to break down the first minutes of action for the third overall pick, LaMelo Ball, and also some of the ways that James Borrego is using these pieces on the roster. We'll be talking about that heavy this week on Locked On Hornets. Any, the other things real quickly about LaMelo before we start to look at some of the other players. So, um, you know, I didn't think he was good on defense. I thought there were some real problems there. But also, LaMelo was fully engaged. It, it was someone that cared. And it was someone that was all over the place. Um you know, he, he's jittery. Like, offensively, I don't want to say this in a way that gives off a, a, a feeling of me perceiving him as chaotic. Because I think offensively, you know, that pass to Miles displayed yeah. command of the basketball. It, it wasn't someone that's just trying to do a whole bunch of crazy stuff just for the showmanship of it. Those things are effective. It always reminds me of Hubie Brown with that Twitter clip that was circulating, <laughs> I don't know, maybe a year or two ago, where Hubie Brown is teaching these basketball campers, like, yeah, do the behind-the-back pass. You know, it, it's an effective pass. If you can get this thing right, then this is something that can really help. And I think LaMelo, I think he showed that a couple of times in that game, the behind-the-head uh, behind the pass, I should say, to a rolling Cody Zeller, too. That was a really good yeah, one. Yeah, that Cody um, should have finished, but we're not going to yeah. go there. Should have, should have, but it was a, it was a good, uh, you know, it was a good look from LaMelo. You just never know where the basketball is going. And I mean, the defense, it's going to be hard for them to adjust. But I I thought his defense, it, it was someone that was ready to go. He was engaged. He was there to at least give you all the effort. And sometimes you just run into some good plays if you give me some effort on defense. So, you know, certainly defenders, rookies as defenders are going to be bad. Um, but I, I like the effort that he displayed on that end. You know, the shooting, nada. I, we can, I, I don't want to take anything away because it was a good night. I'm giving yeah. LaMelo a positive. You know, the, I, I think I saw Dave DeFore put this on Twitter. He's got crazy legs when he shoots. You know, the jump shot needs to be fixed. I, I, think, I think it's something that isn't very good right now. It doesn't mean that it can't be fixed going forward. The jump shot does have to be fixed at some point, though, because I want him to be somewhat of a threat from – beyond the line and we'll see if that takes you know the second half of this year next year three years I don't know but you're certainly hoping that comes along and 
you're hoping that he can finish better at the rim. You're the floater didn't even draw rim on the Miles Bridges play. You know, it went right off the backboard. But I, I'm not looking at that as much. You know, we'll, we'll see if this continues. It was overall a good night for Lamelo rebounding and affecting the game with his passing. So those are just a couple of the problems that I had. Yeah. All right, I want to get I want to get off. Did you have anything else on Lamelo, or did you want to move on? I, I, quite honestly, I think I'm not of all the players that we saw last night. Lamelo isn't even in my top five of concerns of how they. Yeah, I, well, and, and I don't know. I mean, could you get to five? Nada, like with, with real concerns from what we saw, because. Yes. Honestly, I thought it was a pretty – well, let's get to it then. You know, the one thing I'll, – I'll go with the first play of the game just kind of in my head going chronological order with what I wanted to talk about. Devontae Graham had four turnovers very early mm-hmm. on. So he had four turnovers, three of six from the field, did hit a deep three-pointer to start this game. So two of four from beyond the arc, which is good. Eight points for Devontae. You know, the turnovers weren't exactly great, only the one assist. What's funny is – the first play of the game is a Devontae turnover to Fred Van Vliet, where oh, Fred just takes it from him. <laughs> it reminds me, Nada, when my 2A basket, high school basketball team oh, no. went to camp at UNC Wilmington, and we decided, our coach decided, that we were going to play in the big boy league, where you're, you've got D1 prospects all over the place. And who do we have coming up? Our first game as Bunker Hill at Catawba County. It's Terry Sanford. We somehow win the tip, and they had a couple of college recruits. We somehow win the tip, and I get the basketball, and I'm ready to go. This is the first game at UNC Wilmington camp. I get it, triple threat, ready to go, and some – it was one of the prospects, I think. He comes over, and he grabs the basketball, and we start wrestling with it. I'm like, oh, my God, and I start (laughs) trying to jerk the basketball back away from him. We're fighting for like three, four seconds. He rips it from me. He gives an outlet pass to somebody already down the other end of the court. They would go on to beat us by like 40, and I was the one that started the game off like that. I was reminded of that because of Devontae Graham's strip from uh, – or Fred Van Vliet's strip of Devontae Graham. So, and so, so four turnovers me. after that, not exactly the greatest. So you're telling me you had PTSD that day? You, that's what you're telling uh, That me. day. Oh, man, Terry Sanford. Yep, it was like my sophomore year. I was playing uh, – I think it was, yeah, sophomore, junior year. I was playing varsity. And uh, <laughs> it just—it was the biggest punk turnover I've ever had in my life, oh, my and uh, really set the tone for a disgraceful camp. Either way, Devontae needs to take care of the basketball a little better than what he did in this game um, against the Raptors. I, I want to get to PJ too, Nada. You know, how about really like the second or third offensive possession of the game? PJ Washington is out here handling it. Yeah. I thought that was something we saw a decent amount. PJ Washington had the basketball in his hands quite a bit. That was something that we had talked about in order for him to hit a new level. What, what things does he need to work on? And he himself talked about handling it a little bit better, being able to face up on the perimeter and put the ball on the deck. He tried that. Now, not a good shooting night for PJ, mm-hmm. 3 of 9, 0 for 4 from the perimeter, so not very good there. But if he's going to try to add some new tools in that offensive bag where it's some more face-up things there, I thought facilitating-wise, I thought he did a good job there. But even just trying some things out, putting the ball on the deck in preseason, I liked that. I liked that kind of form of of what P.J. could possibly work on. What did you think of P.J. Washington in this game? I – I – I grade – I have – we have to grade this on the curve, but I was kind of concerned because I saw – there, there was a lot of these shots, that, I, and I know there was a lot of rust. I was 
I was kind of underwhelmed. And granted, a lot of this is that, that he's they're trying to put him at this new position. I understand what they're trying to do in terms of make him an initiator, this, that, and the third. I was kind of, like I said, I was kind of concerned. Defensively, he got better. Rebounding-wise, and this was something I was watching, he absolutely held his block, held the block a little bit better than I expected. So maybe this PJ at five thing may work. Um, I again, but at the same time, the two best players of on the team last season, which were PJ and Devonte, those two guys came out flat. And I don't know if it was just not enough organized ball because you could tell again 23 turnovers that was a big thing i they came out flat for me and i came away like somewhat worried that this is going to be one of those times where okay they know all your strengths and weaknesses on the scouting sheet they've had literally nine months to break you down what are you going to do to adjust so i i worry about it again from what i saw i kind of worry about a slow start coming from P.J. Washington, even though the, I do like, the, there were things I did like, him holding the block, him defending better. I, I, there's stuff to work on, but I, there's things I worry about. Yeah, um, I, I thought overall, I, I just kind of like him experimenting with that a little more if we're going to get another level from P.J., um, besides just improving on the areas that he was already participating in just last season. Uh, Miles Bridges, nada. I thought I, I tweeted this out early on. I thought Miles Bridges, one of the best plays, you know, before Lamelo started giving us some crazy passes. I thought Miles Bridges did a good job of hitting the roll man. I believe it was Cody Zeller, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. But that little bounce pass to Cody going towards the basket, I thought Miles did a good job. He goes five of ten from the field, one of two from beyond the arc. Even gave you six rebounds, but those three assists um, did give you three turnovers. But I think there was some decisiveness to Miles Bridges playing in the early going and, and that pass to the Yeah, and, and we'll just and a decisive jumper to, you know, taking a couple of those shots and 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 immediately thinking about it, not hesitating to it, and it actually going down. I liked what I saw from Miles in this game, uh, just even handling the basketball a little bit more, you know, and, I, and I'm one that was really excited about the passing capabilities of a small ball unit. And if Miles is going to play the four and PJ the five, I've often called Miles the worst passer of, of that kind of of that kind of lineup. And how about Miles, you know, coming in and I just really like that pass to a rolling Zeller. I believe that's the big guy, if I'm not mistaken, the big man. But I really like that pass to a, to a rolling Zeller. And, um, you know, just a good decisiveness, playmaking type of ability that I thought Miles Bridges showed. That was something that I didn't know if, um, that I didn't expect coming in. No, I didn't expect that either. Um, quite honestly, Miles Bridges, like of the two guys that I expected Miles Br to, to play well, um, Miles Bridges was one of them. And the, again, we'll get into the other one, but Miles Bridges was awesome. And it kind of makes the point that everyone's been making specifically Rick Bennell, the Charlotte Observer that Miles is not a three miles is a four. And we've been playing this kid out of position for the better part of his career. And now that he's able to play small ball four, and if that unlocks him even further, this gets interesting. This gets to the point where you do, you might have to play small more and maybe Borrego was right about that. And that's something that I, I, I will, 
uh, slowly admit I was wrong on that I didn't want to see the small ball lineup. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe this team can play small ball. For, again, do that nice little, we'll call it the little stingers lineup. Let's, how about that? How about we call it the little stingers lineup? Well, you went with the baby bugs. Should we just use that as far as a hype thing instead of just the, the youth thing now? Can we just transition its meeting? Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah let's use baby bugs. Let's use baby bugs. You're right about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think that Miles had, had some positives. And then, you know, Gordon Hayward, the other new acquisition on this team. You know, Gordon Hayward comes in, just looks like a pro, a good one at that, four of eight from the field. One three-pointer off of two attempts that he had, a couple of assists there, two turnovers. And, man, you're, you're, you're seeing everybody that we mentioned, they all had multiple turnovers in this game. I mean, it was one that had, I think, yeah, 23 total, 22 ESPN is crediting this team with. But, um, you know, turnovers galore and, and a lot early in, in the first half, I believe there was 15 for the Charlotte Hornets. So, you you can see you can see they were pretty hype. I mean, I think the jitters took over at the beginning and they weren't as decisive. I hope that's a little ironed out as the preseason uh, goes on and then the regular season starts. But um, but Gordon Hayward, man, looks looks good and uh, he he's just going to be someone that helps this basketball team. We all knew he's a good player. It was all about the contract for him, which we'll probably repeat a million different times. One other thing that I know is good. It looks good and it tastes good. It's Built Bar. It's the best uh, best tasting protein bar there's ever been. Six new flavors, 18 amazing flavors, total caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, Sia. The bars are great for you, too. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. If you're on the keto diet, it's great for that as well. Plus, you get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Is Eric Collins going to have a heart attack with LaMelo Ball on the roster this season? We talk about that next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. I feel like Cody Martin is the perfect guy to go down there right now as much as anybody is. Yeah, you no, like I know. That yeah, no, I definitely. Sorry, Martin. I didn't know you were tossing me there. Yeah, I definitely, okay. I definitely think that. Was uh, that a me problem or you a problem? Were you just not listening, or were, was I just that I didn't set you up? Oh, I totally wasn't. Li- well. I wasn't listening to you okay. at all. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. NBA fans, listen up! The Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of team preview podcasts. All this week, it starts today. Go check it out. Plus waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. I'll be tuning in to preview, of course, what we had to say, just checking in on everything that's going on um, with the division that the Charlotte Hornets play in. We can check out what's going on with the Hawks. Brad Rowland of the Locked On Hawks podcast. That will be something to uh, certainly pay attention to if you're a Hornets fan. And just some of the other teams that you might want to see who the Hornets are competing with in the east maybe the orlando magic is something that you want to see how do they stack up with the old coach steve clifford philip rossman reich uh doing the preview for the magic so just make sure you're checking out the locked on nba podcast where you can hear every single nba host subscribe to locked on nba wherever you get your podcast now let's talk about the production right first off there were a lot of hornets fans that were complaining that they could not get the game because they all have gone to youtube tv which is probably 
monetarily the better move. And then just announced what, like a couple of months ago, they're not going to carry Fox Sports regional networks anymore. And they don't have a, a way to watch the Hornets games without maybe doing some shysty stuff here and there to go bring, <laughs> go bring up a stream <laughs> online. Um, so that was unfortunate for a lot of people that did have YouTube TV or even Hulu. But we did get to see Eric Collins and Del Curry on the call. Eric Collins is going to have – I don't know what he's going to have to do, um, but there, there's going to have to be a lot of maybe just meditation, zen, trying to call these games with LaMelo Ball because that dude is going to give him a heart attack with some of these amazing passes. Look, at this point, I love Eric. Eric is one of – again, Eric is one of my favorite people to call a game. And you, the sad part is I am super jealous right now. Because yeah. there again, Saturday, Saturday night – I'm not doing anything. Normally, me and you were both in the building for that game. Normally, we would have been there. We're not there. And I was so super jealous. <laughs> um, I'm hoping to be there tonight, by the way. I'm hoping to go in and check this game out tonight. Watch LaMelo in, in the, the second like game. You really just got um, to back like that. Wow. Hey, man, if we if we get a spot for the podcast, then by all means, you can use that. I will try to represent the podcast by checking out wow. this game tonight at the Spectrum Center. So that would be good for us to do. Um, but if I watch it again, not I got to say, as much as I love Eric Collins and Del Curry, as much as those are our guys broadcasting the game, how about that fake crowd noise, man? Uh, Keith Smith talked about it Look. loud. Loud, loud crowd noise, and it's a little too much. Probably need to dial that down a little Look, bit. Look, here's the thing, because I know that there are probably a producer or two that's listening to this right now. The crowd noise, especially for a Saturday night in Charlotte, that is entirely too loud. There are normally not that many people in there. You could calm, turn it down a little bit, turn down the gain, turn down the faders, get a little bit of a little bit more natural crowd noise. Let's get some more nat sound to this. Let's get some natural sound. Like as long as you're not getting anybody in trouble in the league, let's. I would rather hear some of the. I would rather hear the dialogue because that's going to sound a whole lot more interesting to me than this crowd noise that really doesn't sound that good and makes it sound like a full building, even though we all know it's not. And trust me, if there's anything a Charlotte Hornets fan knows, it's what Spectrum looks like when it's not full. So, let's <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to see if they decide to turn that thing down. I saw that a lot of people were kind of mentioning that on Twitter uh, watching this game. Some leftovers as far as players that played in this one uh, that were noteworthy. I, I Look, I'm a fan of McDaniels. He comes in, gives you mm-hmm. 16 minutes. He goes three of seven and hits a couple of three-pointers. As long as the three-point shot doesn't go away for McDaniels and that's proven to be real, which I think it is, but it kind of – I believe blossomed a little bit later in his career at San Diego state and saw that at Greensboro and then even brought it to the NBA level when he was called up, see him hit a couple of threes last um, and two nights ago. I thought that was awesome. Even gave you five rebounds. So, you know, all the rebounds are going to be good from any player. If they're going to go small, certainly watching McDaniels get, um, you know, get that stat line I thought was good from him. Um, Looking at the second round picks Uh, again, Terry, Terry, see the thing is like, the one guy that I think I wanted to highlight was Terry Rogier because everybody always talks about Terry Rogier basically not being needed. He's extraneous. You don't need the money on the contract, this, that, and the third. But when the when the Raptors really started turning up the defense, 
the only guy, like the only two guys that really could get their shot at any point really was Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. That kind of matters. Well, I mean, at the beginning of the game, as I mentioned with PJ, uh, PJ Washington handling the basketball a little bit more, um, I thought Terry Rozier was somebody that was playing off ball a little bit more, which is something I like. You know, one of my criticisms of Terry is he's not a great decision maker on the pick and roll. Um, you know, I thought he got better at that as the season went on last year, even though it was still largely inconsistent. But Terry, Terry's best skill set is the catch and shoot. And yes. if you're going to put him more off ball and, and, and have him dribble, you know, a little bit less than he did last season, I'm a fan of that. And I think we saw some of that. You know, honestly, you know, Nada, this is an offense that looked more fluid than it did last year. Also and true. that's something I was excited about or excited about. Yeah, no, that was something I noticed. It get it got kind of constipated in that second quarter and then the third quarter where the second team for the Raptors was just absolutely housing everybody, which kind of raised an eyebrow. But um they again for a while that would look like a very fluid offense that you could tell that they didn't want to put too too much on tape but i i really did like that offense and it goes back to what you were saying earlier about pj being the initiator because then you have a whole bunch of guys like Devonte, like terry rogier that are operating off ball and it makes it a little bit more fluid so i, I do like again i there was a lot to like the only guy i really worried about was cody zeller and he looked I don't want to say he looked old, but he looked at least a step and a half slow. <laughs> well, he, how about the he hit the he hit the only three that he took in that game. Not that's after I was the one preseason though. <laughs> that's right. It is so true. That's how you know it's preseason. Finished with four rebounds. Did Zeller one of two from the field? Uh, did get seven points after hitting four of his free throw attempts. That'll do it for today's episode of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. We'll give you another one of these tomorrow to recap the second preseason game. I'm hoping to go there and maybe give you some live updates as that game is going on via Walker Mail and uh, on Twitter and Locked On Hornets. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA with all of these season previews that you're going to get with each NBA team. Also, make sure you're tuning into Hollinger and Duncan and rejecting the screen. Have a great day. We'll, uh, we will be back with you tomorrow.